now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech Guide. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Tech Guide, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. And if you found us for the first time, we're glad you did. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, free-to-air sports to finally be broadcast in high definition. Apple Music Festival kicks off in London and a major Star Wars leak ahead of the new film release. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take the DJI Phantom 3 for a test flight. We run our eye over the Huawei P8 smartphone and STM release a line of computer bags just for women. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A lot to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, this first story came as music to my ears. Uh, You probably know I'm a huge sports fan, especially a league fan, especially a Rabbitohs fan. And the news that this year's NRL Grand Final and AFL Grand Final, for fans of uh, Aussie rules, may be broadcast in high definition on their their respective free-to-air channels. So we're talking the regular channels here, so seven and nine, are going to be able to broadcast their choice of standard or high definition after uh, an amendment was changed, a deregulation from the Broadcasting Legislation Amendment, the Primary Television Broadcasting Service Bill 2015. That was introduced in Parliament last week. And what it basically allows are the national and commercial free-to-air broadcasters, it allows them to deliver programming on that primary station. So we're talking... 2, 7, 9, 10, SBS. It allows them to broadcast through that primary channel in in high definition. Up until now, they've only been able to broadcast in standard definition. Now, this, this goes back to the introduction of digital TV, where the government didn't want anyone missing out on that free-to-air signal. Because at the time, you could buy standard def t- TVs, and there were high-def TVs that were a bit more expensive. Fast forward to today, and nearly every home has a high-definition television. So the the fact that the 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 broadcasts are in standard definition uh, is, is we're not using the pixels that are available here because everyone has got nearly just about everyone has got a high definition TV and you know with nearly one hundred percent penetration with high definition televisions and what was disappointing in the past was that main station so let's take Channel Nine for example that was their main station so they obviously had the best programming they wanted the best ratings that was the that was the channel that was making their money. 
and they weren't going to broadcast on their high-definition channels their primary program. So, for example, the football. The, they have the, the rights to the NRL, so Rugby League, and it, the, the, we, a lot of people were wondering, well, why don't we have the high-definition league on Channel 90? Because you've got to remember, there are high-def channels. There's 70 which is 7's high-def channel, 20, which is channel 2's, 30, which is SBS's HD channel, 1, which is channel 10, uh, 90, 70. So these are 7 and 9's HD channels. Now, it was disappointing in the past where you were tuning into, say, a Friday night football match, and it was broadcast in standard def. You switch over to channel 90, and it was so disappointing to see an old program. Oftentimes, there was an old 50s black-and-white film on their high-def channel, which I thought, what a waste of that bandwidth. Like, let's watch the sport in HD. Well, the reason that that was done, as I've explained, is that they were only allowed to broadcast standard def on that main channel. And, and putting their primary programming on 90, which is GEM, that would then lower the ratings on Channel 9, which is their primary channel, their, their bread and butter channel. Well, now the, the way has been cleared. Malcolm Turnbull got up in Parliament last week and, and announced that these new deregulations were taking place. And now he's put the ball straight in the TV station's court. And what he's suggesting, he even suggested this on the floor of Parliament, he said, well, we could very well see the NRL and AFL Grand Finals broadcast in HD on that regular channel. So Channel 9 will be HD. Well, they can at least broadcast some programs in HD. Now, you think about all the, if you're a league fan and even an AFL fan, you turn over to Foxtel, they are broadcasting in HD. They're a cable channel. And it's fantastic watching sport in HD. Now, imagine having that on your free-to-air channels. So no need to pay for Foxtel if you wanted to watch HD. You can now watch it as well on free-to-air once we get this through. So my only regret is that uh, the South Sydney Grand Final win wasn't broadcast in HD last year, although I was at the game. So it was, well, let's just call that Ultra HD because I was there. So I'm hoping that the boys can go back-to-back so at least for the people who can't make it to the ground, that they can see them in all their glory in full HD. Well, not full HD, it'll be HD, it'll be 1080i, not 1080p. But, hey, that's better than having it in standard definition. You want to read my full story about that? Grand final in HD, it's about bloody time. You can read all about that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Well, it's that time of year again, music fans. It's time for the Apple Music Festival. Now, this was uh, formerly called the iTunes Festival, if you cast your mind back to last year. Well, not anymore. They're going to call it the Apple Music Festival, and it's all because uh, iTunes, well, the Apple's music offering now is called Apple Music. As you know, uh, Apple Music allows you to access more than 30 million tracks so you can pay your eleven ninety nine per month after your three-month free trial period, that is, and uh, listen to your tracks either streaming, offline. You can, uh, you can download them as long as you keep paying your monthly fee. They will remain in your library. Uh, so Apple Music also has Beats One, which is a 24-7 uh, radio station. 
And they've also got Apple Music Connect, which allows you then to interact with your favorite artists. Now, they are putting Apple Music uh, as the uh, the new name for their festival, which is held at the iconic Roundhouse venue in London. And I have to say, the early artists that they've got for this uh, for this music festival are quite impressive. We're talking Pharrell. We're talking One Direction. And we're also talking Florence and the Machine and Disclosure. Now, in the past, we've had the likes of Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Elton John, Sir Paul McCartney, Justin Timberlake, uh, Adele playing at the uh, iTunes Festival. Kicked off back in 2007 uh, at the London Institute of Contemporary Arts. And more than 550 artists have played in the iTunes, now called Apple Music Festival, in the past. And uh, those artists I just mentioned are the latest crop of artists to play in London. Now, you don't have to be in London, though, to enjoy these performances because they're going to be broadcast live around the world. And you guessed it, you'll be able to watch it on your Apple Music app. So you can watch it either on your iPad, your iPhone, if you've got Apple TV. You can stream them all live if you want to uh, get up at that time of the day or night. Or you can watch them on demand. So if you want to see the, the next morning or whenever you've got time, you can then uh, watch those performances on demand. So you're not going to miss it. If you're in London, of course, being at the Roundhouse would be pretty special. But if not, like the rest of us, you can still tune in and watch it through Apple Music. The Apple Music Festival kicks off September the 19th. So be sure to be tuning in to your Apple Music app to watch them either live or on demand. If you want to read that full story, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Now, those of you who know me really well, you know that I'm a massive Star Wars fan as well. There's been a bit of Star Wars news on my site lately. There's a, I think I wrote about a lamp, a, a limited edition Bradford Exchange lamp that also had not only pictures of the main Star Wars characters on the lamp shade, but the main stem of the lamps were actually three lightsabers. So cool. But anyway, the story we're talking about now, though, is a major Star Wars leak. Now, the, as you know, there is a film, The Force Awakens, that's episode seven, that is going to be released in December. But ahead of that, we know that uh, J.J. Abrams, the director at Disney, the studio that is now owns Lucasfilm and is producing the film, they've been so tight-lipped about the movie. There are hardly any plot points. They've, been, they've kept it all under wraps. They don't want to spoil the film. Well... That all changed uh, this week when a there was a major leak about uh, a uh, the toy catalogue. Now, the toy catalogue, well, the toys were supposed to be released. So the figures and and vehicles and things like that were supposed to be released on September the fourth, which is a couple of weeks away, and they were calling it Force Friday. Now, what's happened though ahead of that release? A catalogue from Hasbro, which is the company making all the figures and vehicles and other collectibles, the catalogue has leaked online. Hasbro's Ultimate Guide to the Galaxy, which is a 63-page catalogue showing, outlining all the toys, the figures, you name it, including all the new characters, their figures and their explanations about who they are, that was leaked online two days ago. So the potential for spoilers here, though, are pretty big because it, it, it all the characters' names are revealed, descriptions of their characters, different vehicles. So any eagle-eyed fan cl- studying closely enough could possibly reveal parts of the film, parts of the plot of the film, 
and uh, potentially reveal major spoilers. Now, I've had a brief look at the figures and there's not much there that I can see that we weren't already shown in the teaser trailers, but it is pretty cool to read the descriptions of these characters, including uh, the new introduced characters. So you've got your Luke Skywalkers and Darth Vaders in there, but you've got your new Stormtroopers, General Phasma, you've got uh, you've got Finn, you've got Kylo Ren, uh, Poe Dameron, so all these characters that the new characters for the film, their figures are there, and it allows you to see them in different costumes uh, and different explanations. So there is a fair bit to glean from these uh, this leaked catalogue. Well, it isn't the first leak that's happened, though. One lucky Star Wars fan was inadvertently sold the entire figures, uh, the collection of figures, at Walmart. Walmart uh, released it early. Uh, and allowed Sean Shepard to buy the entire collection of 3.75-inch figures, which he then promptly shared. He took photos of them and shared them online. Uh, there's even been figures appearing on eBay. So uh, the cat is out of the bag, let's just say. The force is out of the bag with this leak. So Star Wars fans, assemble. Although that's mainly an Avengers uh, saying, assemble. But no, Star Wars fans, warm up your lightsabers. This leak uh, is something you'll want to check out. There is uh, a 63-page catalogue that you can actually look through. I've put the Imgur the leaked catalogue on my Tech Guide story, uh, and you can check it out. All thirty, all sorry, all sixty-three pages of that catalogue. You can see every character. A lot of exciting products heading out. I think there's going to be some serious dents in some wallets in the next few weeks. You want to check that out? You can do it. Techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of these parents? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting and cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to help open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Our first Tech Guide review for this week, we can take off with this one. It's the DJI Phantom 3 Drone. This is the latest version of DJI's uh, popular products. DJI, the leaders in creating true drones uh, that are designed for aerial photography, high-quality aerial photography, I should add. The new, the new DJI Phantom 3 is available in two models, a professional model, which has a 4K camera on board, and an advanced model, which has a full HD camera on board. That's the main difference. Uh, I think there's about $400 difference in the price. So the 4K edition is worth 400 bucks. Now, what's interesting about the new DJI Phantom 3 is there are no options without a camera. Last year's DJI Phantom 2 allowed people to buy it without a camera. 
uh, and just to uh, and had space then for them to add their GoPro camera. Well, not anymore. DJI want you to use their camera, and I have to say it is pretty bloody good. The DJI Phantom camera, the 4K camera especially, uh, shoots remarkable video and incredible 12 megapixel stills as well. So pretty decent resolution there when you when you're talking 4K. Now, how many of us have got 4K TVs? Uh, we are now uh, looking for a lot more 4K content. Well, with the DJI Phantom 3, you can create your own. Now, the go-to, the, uh, the the Phantom drone is, uh, you know, it's the go-to drone for anyone serious about uh, anyone thinking about buying one of these flying cameras. There's been a lot of toys on the market, but they don't hold a candle to the DJI Phantom 3. It is a reliable product. You can fly it up to two kilometers away, up to a height of 500 meters, even though the CASA law says you can only fly it 400 meters. That is your ceiling, still high enough and long enough. Uh, and good enough to shoot some incredible video. I'll put a little video that I uh, that I created during my little test flights. Our our review unit was kindly supplied by Sphere. Sphere is Australia's largest drone retailer. You can check them out at uh, www.sphere.net.au. The guys Jack and Paris at Sphere helped me set it up, helped me get off the ground, uh, and uh, they are Australia's biggest drone retailer. So if you're thinking of buying one, uh, I'll put a link on my review on Tech Guide. Now, the difference between the DJI Phantom 3 and the DJI Phantom 2, design-wise, not much difference. They're, they're, they're pretty much identical. The only difference, I think, with the design uh, is a small uh, a small lump on the bottom of the uh, of the drone called, and that's the vision, vision positioning system. It's got a couple of sensors, visual and ultrasonic sensors, so that it can actually ping the ground and get a better idea of its position. So what this allows you to do is to be able to fly the drone easier indoors uh, and close to the ground. So you may be thinking, why the hell would I want to fly it indoors? Well, there's plenty of photographic opportunities uh, to use the drone indoors and being able to have a drone that can reliably stay in position move in a straight line and know its whereabouts indoors in a kind of restricted space, that is really handy, especially when you want to go for those really special shots. Uh, so that is what the uh, the new vision positioning system allows you to do. Remote control has been completely revamped. So much more functionality. A lot of the controls that were only accessible on the app are now physical controls on the controller. So you can control the gimbal. Uh, so the the three axis gimbal, which keeps the camera steady, you can then you can point it up, down, whatever direction you want. So directly to the ground, directly straight ahead. Uh, you can control that. There are also dedicated shutter buttons for pictures and for video, uh, as well as a return to home button, which is very handy if uh, you want your drone to come back and land at your feet. Uh, the uh, return to home uh, is right there on the front of the controller. It also has a larger bracket on the top of the remote to allow you to store your mobile device. Before, I used to fit my iPhone 6 Plus on the, uh, the DJI Phantom 2's remote. Now, I can fit the iPad Air 2. And I'm not talking the mini. I'm talking the full-size iPad here. The 10-inch iPad can now fit on that bracket so it gives you a brilliant look at the brand new DJI Pilot app the Go app so you got a beautiful view uh, first person view of whatever your drone is seeing it's actually streaming in 720p HD even though it's capable of recording 4K it can still stream back to you in 720p which is HD 
photo-wise and video-wise, the pictures and videos this can take is uh, absolutely stunning, they are. And uh, of my video and pictures you can see there really illustrate that. Uh, they, they, they're just remarkable quality. So I think DJI have really backed themselves as also not only a drone maker, but an excellent camera maker as well. Uh, they've cut GoPro out of, the, out of their options uh, at the moment and, and probably forever because GoPro are releasing their own drone early in 2016. So it'll be interesting to see how these two match up. Now, in terms of flying, it is still pretty simple. If you've flown the DJI 2, you'll you'll easily pick up the 3. Uh, the app has changed quite a bit. There's so much more in the app now. Uh, allows you to uh, access a lot more settings uh, and gives you a larger view of where you are. Uh, so It even keeps flight records. Uh, so there's so many new features in the app. And of course, it shows you where you're going, shows you your height, your range, uh, and so much more information. Signal strength, whether it's safe to fly. You can also set your GPS location so that if you do want to return to home, it knows exactly where it's got to come back to. Uh, now, the uh, in terms of the photography I mentioned, the three-axis gimbal really keeps the video steady and smooth. So if you want to do some panning shots, some turning shots, uh, they are seamless and, and smooth as silk. You can check out my video on my report there. Now, the DJI Phantom 3, it's not cheap. The professional, the 4K model, is 1950 bucks. So 50 bucks change out of $2,000. And the battery will run for up to 23 minutes. You only get 23 minutes flying time. And what I'd recommend is if you wanted a longer flying time, of course, you would have to buy spare batteries. Now, the battery, the batteries are $205 a pop. So uh, it does add a bit of expense. That's probably the downside of this of this uh, product. You're paying nineteen hundred and fifty bucks. You still got to shell out two hundred and five bucks a piece for spare batteries. And professionals and enthusiasts probably have two spare batteries. So that's added another four hundred and ten dollars to the expense. The DJI Phantom Three Advanced, which is the full HD model, is fifteen hundred and fifty bucks. So that's four hundred dollars cheaper than the four K model. Look. If you're, if you're going to be spending that much money, I would recommend go with the extra 400 You can have 4K. You may not need it right now. You may not use it right now, but at least it's there, and I'm sure there'll be a use for it as more 4K Ultra HD content and TVs are released into the market. The DJI Phantom is the go-to drone. This is a serious drone for serious users, and the latest model has taken it even higher pardon the pun now this isn't this isn't a toy drone this is a drone you can fly uh, off a, over a cliff uh, across a mountain range even inside close to the ground it is a serious drone and it gives you serious results and look you get what you pay for you'll see that there is a 4k camera on board don't forget so you buy a 4k camera a 4k video camera it's not going to be cheap but now that you've got a drone wrapped around it and it can fly uh, that's going to add to that cost as well but to, but well worth Worth it. If you want to read my full review, check it out. Techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Our next review is from Huawei. That's how you pronounce it. It starts with a H, but it's pronounced Huawei. The P8 smartphone is the one we're looking at. Now, this Chinese company has really come forward in leaps and bounds in terms of design. 
uh, and of their smartphones, the quality has really come a long way in a short time. The P8 is the latest example of that. It is a premium smartphone, got a 5.2-inch full HD screen with a pixel density of 424 PPI. That's pixels per inch. It's got a 13-megapixel camera and an 8-megapixel front camera. Now, it is made of a metal unibody. And it's just 6.4 millimeters thick. So in your hand, it's very slender, wafer thin. Now, one thing with Huawei is that this screen is covered with Gorilla Glass. And it also has a screen protector. So they're so so confident in the strength of this screen, they've actually offered a 12-month free screen replacement warranty. So if you smash your screen in the first 12 months with the P8, you'll get a free screen replacement. So that's uh, backing the strength of their screen there. Now, the device itself has a very iPhone-esque type of design. It does have very similar markings, looks similar in some ways. It is sort of a bit boxier than, a, than an iPhone 6, but it does have, uh, if you held an iPhone 6 and the P8 side by side, you'll see the familiar antenna stripes uh, and, and very similar looks in some areas. But apart from that, this is its own device. It's, it is a pretty cool product. It's priced at $699. I thought this may, may have been, I thought it should have been a little bit cheaper. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to spend 700 on a smartphone, I think some people are going to think, well, you know what, I might as well spend an extra 100 bucks and buy an iPhone or a Samsung. So Huawei, I think, should have priced this around 500 to really distinguish itself as a quality brand, uh, but at a value price. But uh, the, the device itself, it does have plenty of smart features to it. The camera is is excellent. Now, there's some test shots I've taken on there. Uh, so the colors and detail are there in spades. It's got plenty of power under the hood too. It's got an octa-core 64-bit processor, 3 gig of RAM. It's got its own little emotion user interface, and that adds a nice little touch. Pretty clean look, not too much bloatware on it. There are a few apps on board pre-installed, but nothing like what you get with other Android devices. What I liked about this, though, if, if you're into your selfies... Uh, it does have a really cool beauty mode. Now, I took a shot of myself. I took a selfie, and I have side-by-side uh, side, the selfie taken with the P8, one without beauty mode and one with beauty mode. See if you can tell the difference. It is quite drastic, this difference between the two. Uh, see how it will see how I look for real, and then you can see how I look with beauty mode. Uh, hopefully not too much difference in your eyes. Uh, it, uh, a really interesting new feature. Uh, battery-wise, 2680 milliamp-hour battery just got us through the day. Because it's small and thin, the battery is also small and thin, and so it's not. Uh, it doesn't have the size of some other devices like the six plus or the uh, the larger Samsung devices, the Note four uh, devices like that. So it did get us through the day. But if we had a night out planned, we'd have to take a spare battery or our charger with us because we wouldn't make it. The P eight from Huawei, impressive device. Uh, six nine nine is the price. And look, it does stand up with the major brands, but it's not that much cheaper. I think a lot of people still have this impression of Huawei as being more a value brand rather than a premium brand. I think they're trying to do both, but they do need to lower the price to just distance them, themselves away from those other top brands. Because as I said, for an extra 100 bucks, people might buy an iPhone instead of a Huawei. They should make it a little bit cheaper. That's my only recommendation. But apart from that, a good all-round product that is available now. And if you want to read my full review, you can check it out techguide.com.au 
Rightio. Well, STM is a bag company that's been around for a while. In fact, I've known Ethan and Adina Jacobs, the two founders of the company, since they were selling bags out of their Bondi garage. That's how long STM, STM has been around. Uh, I want to give them a shout-out. They're a, a very successful Australian company representing all around the world. They go to trade shows all around the world. They're a brand that's known around the world, and they're sold in all major retailers, JB Hi-Fi, and even in Apple stores you can find STM products. Now, Adina, which is the female half of the, uh, of the company, has been designing bags since day one. Uh, and she knows, as does the company, they know just how people carry their devices, how they use them, how they want to protect them. So she's been designing these bags with a look that can suit both men and women. But what they've done now is come up with what they call the Grace Collection. Now, this is a collection that are designed purely for women. So adding colors, adding designs, adding something that would look attractive to women, and with, but without making them look like a computer bag. The range includes a clutch, which is a small bag that can be used for accessories, cables, small devices. There's also the sleeve, which allows you to put in a laptop as well as other little accessories in the side pockets. And then you've got the deluxe sleeve, which looks like a handbag. It's got the loopy leather, leather straps, the, the handles, uh, and it's got also room for your laptop, pockets for charging, pockets for other devices but the last thing it looks like is a computer bag which is uh, why the grace collection is so attractive now the reason it's called the grace collection it gets its name from u.s navy admiral grace hopper she actually helped develop the world's first programming language that revolutionized the computer world so they named that the bag collection after Grace, Grace Hopper. The Grace Collection, uh, number, number of colors, there's navy, there's purple, there's green, there's orange, there's lots of patterns, looks really attractive, is available from mid-September through JB Hi-Fi. So check them out, the STM Grace Collection, if you want to see what they look like. You can check them out at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is also sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've introduced the first Nighthawk modem router. Netgear's newest addition to the Nighthawk family has landed. It's the first modem router in the range. The Nighthawk D7000 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 1,900 megabits per second and support both ADSL and VDSL connections. VDSL is one of the new technologies being utilized for the NBN. So upgrade to the D7000 and future-proof your network. Enjoy smooth video and music streaming and eliminate lag when online gaming with the Nighthawk. So if you want a super fast Wi-Fi speeds and ultimate Wi-Fi range for your home, check out the new Nighthawk modem router from Netgear. Search D7000 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. I've got a, an interesting question from Jen. She has emailed me saying, I'm sorry to bother you. It's no bother, Jen. But what's happened? Her daughter's currently in year 10. Late last year, they purchased a Surface. Uh, the school she attends has a bring-your-own-device policy, but the uh, the Surface has been replaced, but it won't hold charge for the day. So uh, I'm assuming that it has been replaced, 
But uh, if it's not holding charge, even though it's been charged all night, then I suggest, despite the device costing her nearly a thousand bucks, my suggestion to Jen is take it back to where you bought it. You need to get a device that holds charge that works exactly the way it's supposed to. But her other question is, she needs to buy a new device for her daughter's studies in year 11 and year 12. And she would like an Apple notebook. But she says, I know nothing about computers, so it is confusing talking to the sales people. I really want to get it right with what I'm buying. Uh, so I was uh, hoping to give get some information. Well, buying a MacBook, a Mac notebook, is definitely the way to go. If you're a student, uh, Apple's notebooks are very popular for students, especially the MacBook Air range. They are small, they are thin, they are light, uh, and they offer decent value for money. I think there is an 11-inch, there's a 13-inch model, and both are pretty high-powered. So despite being pretty thin and light, they can still get through a lot of work. They've got pretty strong, fast processors with a battery that can last all day long for the entire school day. So definitely recommend the MacBook Air. Uh, MacBook Pro would be slightly more expensive because it does add the Retina screen. There are two sizes in the MacBook Pro, 13-inch and 15-inch. So I'd recommend either the 11-inch or the 13-inch MacBook Air. There's also the choice of the MacBook. Now, this is the latest device. This is a 12-inch screen. Uh, it is slightly more expensive than the MacBook Air because it's got a retina screen. It is new. It is very thin and very light. It also has just one USB-C port, which may uh, may restrict some use for your daughter in school. So I'd recommend the MacBook Air. It does have a uh, an SD card slot. It's got a couple of USB ports and, of course, a uh, the the magnetic charging cable as well. MacBook Air would be the way to go, but if you still got that Surface, I'd get that sorted out. Take that back to wherever you purchased it from. Let them know they've either got a they got a repair, replace, or refund your money. So make sure you get out there and get what is rightfully yours. Make sure it's working the way it was intended. Uh, that is our advice for the help desk. You're talk, you're listening to Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you, just like Jen, our uh, our, uh, our help desk question there. You can email us, info at techguide.com.au. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. been great having you with us once again. We'll return next week, and we look forward to you joining us again then. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 